0: Welcome sports fans and that's great podcasts around the NFL. It's the latest catch. I'm Brent Levante, the founder, and I'm partnering with one of my great friends, Bryce Mercer. Today, we'll go over popular news, topics, headlines, and predictions for this upcoming week. Obviously, before we start, do you enjoy it? Make sure to let other people know and continue to follow the process.
1: Every listener matters. Brett forgot to say that, but thank you guys for listening. Today, we have a good episode. We have special guest. Neil Pau coming on the show today. I name-dropped him right away. You guys are going to have to listen to the interview. It's a good one. Uh, also going on to the show, he came on for episode one. But he's coming back on today. Lane Nearing. The GOAT is back on the show today. Can't wait to talk with him about it.
2: Great to be back, boys. Been missing it.
0: Yeah, now we're going to get going here with our first topic. We're going to go over the Week 18 games. We picked a couple, the ones that we thought would be pretty interesting. Starting out with the Chiefs versus Bengals. Wayne, it's your favorite team, so why don't you start us off?
2: Oh, this is this is looking good for the Chiefs. Uh, I know the, the Bengals went off last week, but I got, that was 525 yards of fraud yards. Uh, the Ravens have had injuries all year. Marlon Humphries and Marcus Peter on the IR. They had uh, people on the COVID list, and then they had two injuries like, mid-game. So I mean, of course you're gonna get 500 yards against practice squad players. I thought, honestly, that wasn't too much. Chiefs defense is all healthy this week. Um, Burrow, he's playing good, but once he plays like a, like a quality defense, he underperforms. So I think the Chiefs won't have too much, you know, too many issues with this game. So I got the Chiefs winning.
0: Now the Chiefs—they've already clinched the AFC West championship, but they have a lot more to play for here. They have a one-game lead over the Tennessee Titans in the race for the number one seed. Unfortunately, though, the Titans beat the Chiefs earlier this season, which, in fact, that was the last loss that the Chiefs had. So if this all comes down to a tiebreaker, Tennessee would hold that. So these next couple of games should be pretty interesting for that um, AFC playoff picture.
1: Yeah, the Chiefs coming off, I think, was a fraud game just a little bit, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are not a very good team. Um, Obviously, they had to play good to beat them by as many as they did. But, yeah, I don't, they're playing really good right now. So, it would be tough to pick against the Chiefs. Especially the Bengals, they, if, even if they play good, I think the Chiefs are just too good to beat right now.
0: You look at the Chiefs' defense, they've only allowed 13 points a game in this last, these last eight games during their win streak. Uh, not only that, but the offense is now putting up a large amount of points. Bryson said something about a fraud last week. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. Um, Joe Burrow, though, I don't see him having a repeat performance of last week, 525 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, I hate to say it, though, Lane, I don't, I don't know if the Chiefs have a chance, really, if Joe Burrow does that again.
2: Trust me, Burrow won't. You can look at the numbers. Burrow doesn't really, doesn't, he doesn't perform as well as he should against good defenses and the Chiefs are they're hot right now, especially that defense. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned as a Chiefs fan about
0: this week. Uh,
1: I'm going to have to go Chiefs on this one. Yeah, say I'm going to have to go Chiefs, even though, you know, I'm taking that back. I'm oh. going to go against you boys. Hot take of the day, first one. Bengals have beaten the Chiefs on Sunday, and here's why. This team is young, and if they can get a, a statement win like this, with a young coach, a young backfield, this would be a huge team building win for them going into the playoffs. So I think the Bengals can beat them.
2: Them being young is going to be the reason they beat the Chiefs. Are, am <laughs> the I hearing reason. this correctly?
1: <laughs> yes, because they are playing.
2: Because youth beats talent. Lose. Shut up. Shut <laughs> up.
1: They, they've got nothing to lose in this game right now. They haven't been in situations like this before. So.
0: They got nothing to lose.
1: They've had nothing to lose all year, bro. They're
2: the top of the NFC North. They got something to lose right now.
1: They're not expected to beat the Chiefs though.
2: I guess. I guess. But I don't so, I don't see it happening.
0: So two of us pick Chiefs, one of us go the opposite direction there. Uh, moving on to the next game, Raiders versus Colts. Uh, Raiders are the one that last week's game against the Broncos. They've had a two game winning streak. They're gonna try to make it three.
2: Oh, Colts are opening a can this game. I can of whoop you know what. All right. Uh, Raiders, I've been on the same take all year. Raiders might have been okay at the start of the year, but with Gruden and Ruggs and everything else that's been going on in that franchise, they're they're falling apart and I, I think they are they one game over five hundred right now? I have no clue how they've even done that. Um, they have a, they actually have a, like a pretty subpar rush defense. They've been giving up, uh, they've given up 1,736 yards on 4.2 yards per attempt. And with a guy like Jonathan Taylor, Colts are going to have a majority of their offensive linemen back this week. It's going to be a big week for Jonathan Taylor. Now, one point of concern I do see is Carson Wentz is out. But honestly, I kind of like that. Let's Sammy Heisman shine. Sam Ellinger is. Honestly, hear me out. He was one of the most talented rookies in this class, and he's going to show it this week. Sammy Heisman is going to show that he was the most slept-on quarterback in this class this week.
1: So you're saying that because he's young?
2: No, I ain't saying that. I'm saying people overlooked him. He's good.
1: No, that's an interesting point. I picked Ian Book to be the state starter next year, so that was a hot take. I'm not going to go that same route with Sam Linger, obviously. But it'll be interesting to see what he can do. Now, this game is huge for the playoff picture because if the Raiders get a victory here, they make their way up into a spot where they have a chance to sneak in. But if the Colts end up losing this game, all of a sudden they are out of the playoffs at 9-7. There's so many teams at 8-7, 9-7, 8-7 going into this week that if they get wins... Even the Steelers are still kind of in that 7-7-1. If they can get to 9-7-1 by the end of the year, that might not look too bad to get into that 6-7 seed. So, this is a huge game for the playoffs.
0: Now, since in the last podcast, uh, Raiders have a starting quarterback, and the Colts don't. And that's why I'm going to go Raiders in this one. Uh, I do hope, though, if Sammy Heisman comes out and balls out for the Colts, that'd be uh, very interesting. But the only chance that the Colts have to win this game is if Jonathan Taylor takes over and runs all over this Raiders defense. I wouldn't be surprised if he did because he's been doing it all year long. Uh, I just don't believe one player can single-handedly take over a game and win. Big game for both teams. Uh, both of them riding uh, the playoff hopes there.
1: I do like the Jonathan Taylor show just a little bit, but they're going to be too one-dimensional if they rely on him too much. So. Sammy Heisman's going to have I gonna to show say, up a little bit. Good
2: thing they got Sammy Heisman. Sammy Heisman's a playmaker, especially, especially unlike Carson Wentz, he'll actually make a play. Carson Wentz, he had that one nice throw, though, last week. He the Cardinals. He found someone in like the back of the end zone, but nothing like Sammy Heisman's going to do. So speaking
0: of the Colts, I saw TikTok. Uh, shout out to Isaac Rochelle, the defensive end. He was talking about this, uh, this game he had in college and he's playing a top 25 school. I want to say it was Texas. And it was miserable out. It was raining. Uh, It was kind of after pregame warm-ups, and he didn't have enough time to go into the stadium where the locker room is and take a leak. So the man said he was already miserable enough, so he's just going to let it out. So he pissed himself. Lane, this kind of reminds me of the Green Steam game. Can you tell the audience here about your great Green Steam game?
2: All righty. So... I'm going to tell you about the, the original OG Green Steam game. So this is t- this take you back to freshman year. Freshman year, we're playing uh, Carney. They're the worst team in our, in our conference, in our league, whatever. They're the worst team we play all year. So I knew I was going to be getting playing time because this is on varsity. This is my first varsity game. I'm like, I'm going to need to perform. So I've been getting this sub that had just been – it had been making me play better. And i eat it before the game. And it was uh, steak and cheese with jalapenos, green peppers, onions, and chipotle sauce. Woo! And it was spicy. Don't get me wrong. But it would mess you up. I remember before the game, I I had to go to the bathroom. My stomach was hurting. And to say it was like when Hoover Dam would break. I mean, it was gushing out. It was (laughs) straight water. You you could, could crack through a screen door, some may say. And... So I I got this in the back of my head before the game. Like, oh, God, I might crap myself. And we're getting out there. And I I didn't know it was going to be such a cold game, but we were freezing. You know, it's one of those games. Everyone's got the jackets on. Everyone's got steam rising from them. And probably mid-second quarter-ish. And, you know, obviously I'm playing. I'm, I'm not really thinking about, you know, I got I got like chronic diarrhea right now. That's not really going through my head. And you know, I we come off and I'm on the sidelines while you know defense is off and I notice I think I might have crapped myself. I can feel it, but you know like I don't know if you guys have ever like you know crapped yourself, but from someone <laughs> who has done it multiple times, you get this feeling between your butt cheeks, it's like slick. It's kind of wet. It's, there's not much stickiness to it when it's diarrhea. When it's a green steam, when it's a true green steam, it's like a like a slick, wet, like you almost uh, say hair gel, to like water between your butt cheeks. It's not fun. I'm feeling this. So I'm walking around, walking around. I'm like, oh god, yep, <laughs> there's something in there. And so I, I tell a bunch of my guys, hey, hey, at halftime, I gotta show you something. And they're like, what? I'm like, I can't tell you just know I got to show you something and so we we get out in uh into a huddle on the huddle in like the end zone during halftime and and I hey look at this I reach back into my pants and I got gloves on cuz I I always play I always play with gloves and I go in my butt crack and I'm like oh lord yeah it's definitely there I can feel it and mind you it's it's a cold game so you know, everyone's kind of huddled around, and I pull out my hand, and it is full. I mean, it's, cu- it's not my whole hand, but mainly just my fingers are covered, and like this green liquid diarrhea that smells atrocious. <laughs> I mean, it, it smells like death, and there's steam rising off of it. They freaked out. They thought that was the nastiest thing in the world. And, like, admittedly, it is pretty nasty, you know, to be crapping yourself. But, you know, in the game of football, as a football guy, that just – it happens. You don't – I don't know. I think, you know, that's a – it should be a normal – it should be a more normal thing to crap yourself in a game if you're just not thinking about it. As a football guy, I let a little green steam go. I can't say that that's the only time I've ever had green steam in football. I've had it other games. I've had it in practice, so that, that was the first story of, my, I guess, my first ever time having a Green Steam game. Or that is – well, that's the infamous Green Steam game.
1: That is probably one of the best stories you'll hear. It's so funny. I love it. Every time he tells it, it never gets old. Now, speaking of poop, though, I mean, can we categorize the Steelers as just that? I mean, they're terrible. I was – I was – Just roasting Brent for saying that the Steelers weren't a bad football team. I think that they're terrible. They're frauds. Mike Tomlin is a great coach for being able to deal with how bad that team is. I mean, they played the Browns this weekend. I did say that they had a chance to make the playoffs, but I don't know. They're just so bad. Browns, Steelers, Brent, what you got? So this will be the last game for Big Ben at home at
0: Heinz Field. It sounds like he's not even coming back next year even. He's got a 29-6-1 record against the Browns. And I don't think you can get that number up to 30. This team, maybe one of the most inconsistent ones I've ever seen. There are games this year that they look great, you know, very solid. They put up good fights even. even if, You know, they get, they get blown in the water in the first half, but then they come back and make it interesting. If you look at this roster on paper, you would think they're a 12-win team, no doubt. And they just have not done, you know, they've not been consistent. Last week against the Chiefs was a terrible showing. I, I just – I think this is all Browns.
2: Oh no. No, you guys are dead wrong. They're doing this one for Ben. They're they're trying to make a late playoff push. I can already see this the stories on ESPN, on that. On ESPN, Fox, Barstool, whatever you want to see. They are gonna try to make a late season push for Big Ben. This is this is the way they want him to go out. At least making the playoffs. This is cause I mean for all of what he's done to the franchise, have go out on a, I would say, a pretty disappointing season. I think they're going to beat the Browns. They're going to win next week. And they're going to somehow sneak in the playoffs. Get ready for it. And they're going to make a little bit of a run. They're gonna not, not going to make the Super Bowl. I don't want to say they're going to make the AFC Championship either. But they're going to make a little bit of a run for our beloved boy, Big Ben.
0: Now for the Browns, they're looking to bounce back after that loss to Green Bay. They need to win this game, and they probably need to win out to make the playoffs as well. You know, To me, you got to keep running Chubb, uh, get Baker going, have him complete some easy passes, get his confidence growing again because you know he's been throwing a lot of interceptions, and it's been a down year for him. Uh, he's been doing with an injured shoulder, and as expected, we should see a lot of Miles Garrett getting after Big Ben, making his final home game at Heinz Field very miserable. That's why I got Cleveland.
1: Yeah, and if you're Cleveland, you're not really too mad about that loss to Green Bay because Baker threw four picks and you guys still had a chance to win the game. I mean, that should show that you guys were at least competing with a terrible quarterback play that day. I mean, you can blame it a little bit on his receivers, maybe not running the right routes, but he looked not like Baker Mayfield and he threw way too many interceptions. So the fact that they were even in that game against Green Bay – Shows a lot to how
2: tough they are. No, no, I see. I know who you can actually blame it on though, the refs. If anyone watched (laughs) that game, and isn't a blatant Ronnie Millsap, James Charles blind person, they will know that the refs gave the game to the to the Packers. That was a that fourth down, that no call on a defensive holding, that was awful. Um. But the Browns, if they're going to win this week, they can't play half-chubbed. they got to play fully-chubbed. they got to run the ball with Nick Chubb if they're going to win. Baker, he's been hurt all season. At this point, I don't know if it's injuries or just Baker isn't good. I don't want to believe that. I love Baker. I think he can be a really good quarterback. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's injuries is the reason he's not playing good. But if the Browns want to win, they got to play fully-chubbed.
1: Yeah, I love the fact that you mentioned you love Baker because I love Baker too. Um, and Cleveland has to love Baker. I mean, he's brought fire to that team, to that city. So they were the bottom end of the spectrum for years, and now all of a sudden they're kind of working their way up a little bit. So, yeah, I hope Baker Mayfield can turn it back around. Um, next game here, Dolphins versus the Titans. Lane, what you got for them?
2: Dolphins versus Titans? I got I – first off, I got the Dolphins winning. Titans, don't get me wrong, they were hot last week. They got A.J. Brown back. They got Julio finally – they got – well, Julio's back, but now he's actually back. I still don't I, – I don't see what people see in the Titans. The Titans season, I haven't really seen it since Derrick Henry went down. Pre-Derrick Henry getting injured, I thought they are going to be one of the better teams. But uh, I don't know. Titans, as long as they can establish a run game, maybe then I'll start believing in them. But until that really happens – you, Ryan Tannehill won't win you games. We've seen it in Miami, and honestly, we're kind of seeing it in Tennessee now. They've made playoff runs, and nothing's really happened of it. Um, then for the Dolphins, as long as Tua just like doesn't do too much, Tua's a really good game manager, and he's really good at just finding the open man and not taking shots and not trying to play you know, out of his abilities. So as long as he can find Waddle, as long as he can find his other weapons, I think the Dolphins will be just fine. So I got the Dolphins keeping their win streak alive.
0: Yeah, they're going for number eight. And I think we might talk about Miami the most on this show, but it's definitely well-deserved. You know, their story this year is absolutely crazy. They lost seven straight. Now they win seven straight. That's almost unheard of. No team in the NFL has ever made the playoffs after starting one and seven. But I do believe this team can. And it starts with a win this week against the Titans. Tua's been playing great, like you noted. He's getting more comfortable in the system every single week, especially here in year number two under Brian Flores. Uh, they're getting the ball to their playmakers, you know, Kiseki, Devontae Parker, and especially Waddle. He's been unbelievable as a rookie. Uh, this offense has been flourishing during, those, during this win streak. And you did say that Two has been doing great, just you know, trying not to do too much. I think that's also why they've been, you know, sticking into games, getting these wins, and I do think they will continue this win streak, beating the Titans, who have no Julio Jones or Bud Dupree right now.
1: Yeah, the I love. I feel so good for Tua because he was almost traded out of that organization. Nobody really wanted him there, and now that they're on this winning streak, all of a sudden everybody loves Tua. So. I'm I hope he can stay in Miami I hope he can have a good career in Miami because I know that he wants to be there um and I like the way he plays it's just he struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year and everybody lost hope in him but yeah I've got Dolphins in this one as well I think they're just too hot and the Titans they're hot too but not they aren't playing as good as the Dolphins are right now even though the Dolphins beat a Saints team with Helen Keller playing quarterback. Yeah, now
0: we're going to hop to our last game, Cardinals versus Cowboys. why
1: don't you want to start us off here. This is a huge game for the Cardinals, especially because they need to win to kind of secure their spot and still make a push to win their division. Um, the Cowboys, on the other hand, they need to win this game to still have a chance to win the one seed. Um, if the Cowboys lose and the Packers win, then the Packers get the one seed. Uh, wrapped up, so the Cowboys. This is a must-win if they want the one seed. But the Cardinals, they need to get off this slide. This three-game losing streak they're on, they need to get off it. And this would be a nice statement win for them against one of the top teams in the NFC. Um, yeah, this would. I've got Cardinals in this one.
2: Interesting, Cardinals. Now, I should. We all should have seen this coming. To be to be completely honest with you, because it happened last year. The Cardinals are always these last two years they have these late season slides now i don't think it's injuries i I know d hops hurt and they got some other injuries but personally i think it's cliff kingsbury i think he's probably the worst coach in the nfl he's not the worst coach because matt Nagy has that award by a million years especially after urban meyers not there anymore uh but he's probably the most overrated coach uh He couldn't do anything with Pat Mahomes in college. I don't know how he really got a job in the NFL. He's not doing anything with a clearly stacked roster in Arizona. And the Cowboys right now anyway are so hot. They are the best team in football, I think, right now. That defense is insane. The offense, when Dak's playing good, when Zeke's good. Tony Pollard is an amazing backup running back. Tony Pollard and Zeke are a great one-two combo. This Cowboys team is so hot, and the Cardinals are on such a slide. I don't even know. It, this might be a blowout. Honestly, I, I could see the Cowboys really cementing themselves as the best team in the NFL.
1: Do you have a chub for the Cowboys right now, Lane? I mean, you just break them up so much. They have Mike McCarthy as a coach. I just don't see them being able to consistently play as well as they did. Um, they beat a subpar Washington football team Excuse me? by a lot.
2: Excuse me. Well, wow. yes, the football team's not the best in the world. The Cowboys have shown – I mean, like, what, what's a game where the Cowboys didn't look good? Like, exact, you can't think of one. You can't tell me when the Cowboys haven't looked good this year.
0: No, their offense is unbelievable. I'm a big Cowboys guy. Not a big Mike McCarthy guy, but I do love the Cowboys. That offense, best receiving core in the whole entire league. You mentioned their one-two punch with Zeke and Pollard. Uh, That offense is very scary. And their defense is probably the most entertaining in the league with uh, Diggs, Parsons, even uh, Randy Gregory, who's, you know, he's been really nothing. But then all of a sudden this year, he finally gets some playing time, uh, keeps the off-field issues. You know, he just finally cleans his act a little bit. And he's on the field dominating every single week. I got the Cowboys as well.
1: I'll give you the fact that they have the best wide receiver room in the league. They have a pretty good wide receiver room. But now, speaking of wide receivers – We got the interview with BYU wide receiver Neil Pau coming up right now. Stay tuned. It's an amazing interview. You're going to want to listen to it. Welcome, Neil, to the Latest Catch podcast. We are extremely excited and thankful to have you on. We've got a bunch of questions for you, so why not? Let's get this thing started. You've been at BYU for five years. This season, you were a junior. How does it feel to be a part of a top 25 program and a bowl winning team?
3: um well we lost our bowl game (laughs) to start off um but being part of a top 25 team uh, I think being part of any any team really it's it's always special um you have its ups and its downs and you always want to win and stuff but each and every year that I've been at BYU has been uh there's been some memories within um, each ride or whatever um but in to ask or to answer your question or whatever, it was dope. Uh, because we came into this season not understanding or a lot of teams didn't understand what we did last year. They didn't believe that we were a real team. So to come in and do what we did for almost 10 straight weeks before we fought against That's the competition we were facing, uh, it was dope to be a part of.
1: Yeah, my bad. I meant to say played in the bowl game, not win a bowl game. Sorry about
3: that. Yeah, no, you're good.
0: All right, Neil, so you've been in this offense for a couple of years now. and every season, your stats have gotten better. Um, how much behind-the-scenes work does it go into progressing as a player and how much progressing is because of your experience?
3: Yeah, I think it's the, I, I think it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, each and every year, you kind of figure out what uh, you do well and what makes you you. Um, and then you're able to to develop that and make those even stronger traits. Um, so it was cool just to, to work each and every year on a different thing. Uh, and sometimes it wasn't even physical. As as I started to get, you know, a little older as um, as a, at BYU, I started to focus more on just the game itself, the concepts, uh, different things like that instead of the physical stuff. So it was cool just to see a bunch of that uh, come together.
2: So last season you played with uh, Zach Wilson. You know, he goes – number two in the NFL draft. He's on the top quarterback prospects. How was playing with a guy of that caliber?
3: Yeah. Uh, it was special. I, I, I still see Zach as a, as a little brother. Um, cause when he first came in, he was obviously trying to, you know, hit the ground running coming from corner Canyon and, uh, start right away. Uh, and we both were in the same boat of wanting just to play and play more minutes. Um, type deal because we knew what we could do, uh, you know, physically and to help the team. Um, so, being able just to see his growth from where we started, where it was just me and him uh, in the weight room throwing, me and him outside throwing routes after routes after routes, um, it was cool to just see uh, him, you know, go number two, had the season he had last year and excited what he get, he'll do in the league.
1: Not only did you get to play with Zach Wilson in college, but... Football seems to run in your family. Um, You got to play with your oldest brother Butch, who was a linebacker from 2015 to 2018. Um, How much of a role model was your brother to you growing up?
3: Yeah, he's everything to me. Um, He, you know, now that we're talking about him, he, I look up to him more than I probably even tell him. Uh, But he, he, he knows the deals for sure uh, on, on how I, you know, view him. Um, but it was dope just to be able to play with him, not only in college, but in high school. Uh, And then what he's been able to do after and just finding what he loves to do, um, that's something I want to do after, is find one niche or one thing and um, be excited to go to work every day because it's something that I love. So I'm thankful for him for sure.
0: Now, I'm sure you've had many great plays and memories throughout your career at BYU, but if you didn't just choose one, what would be your favorite moment?
3: Um... It was probably my first touchdown. My first touchdown was my first reception in college. Um, But it was special because, you know, I got to celebrate it with my brother uh, right then and there. We had always talked about playing um, in college together because we played in high school. And since we were little kids, we always wanted to do it. So being able to do that my first game, my first ever reception, uh, it was dope for sure. All
0: right. So your first game of this season, you guys played Arizona. The outcome of that game was a 24 to 16 victory, and to add on top of that, you had a career night. Yeah, you know, just everybody knows you were racking up some numbers: 126 yards, two touchdowns. Was there anything special about that game, or did everything just come to you?
3: Um, nothing special because I, I I knew I could do it. Um, the offense doesn't really you know specialize in, uh, in one person. Um, it kind of allows people to to do what they do. Um, And with me just being out there, I knew a lot of targets would come to me. Um, And then I knew when the guys come back that I knew the targets would fall. Uh, Like, I wouldn't get as many targets. Um, So, yeah, that night it was just cool just to be in that venue, to be, you know, um, with fans because we didn't have fans really the year before. Um, So, overall, it was just a dope first game, something I remember for sure.
2: So, obviously, I'd say just about everybody knows Zach Wilson and I've seen that you declared for the draft as well. Anyone else on, on your guys' team that you think has a shot at making the pros?
3: Um, Well, we know, we know Tyler will get drafted. Um, and then I don't know, I don't know the guys that, that are coming out or, and stuff like that. No, me and James. So hopefully me and James can, you know, just find a team. Uh, we know that we have the, you know, the ability and stuff to do it. Um, so, You'll, we'll see we'll see what's up when, when the time's up.
1: So when I went to go research about your recruiting, um, a recruiting website said that you were being scouted as a dual threat quarterback. Uh, if that is true, what made you transition over to receiver and why did you decide to go to BYU?
3: Yeah, so uh, there was just some stuff that happened in high school. Uh Transitioned to a receiver and just kind of grew a love for playing receiver. Uh, I don't know what it was, but um, just grew to love it. Uh, been here ever since and um, obviously had a lot to learn, but um, excited for uh, the future and how much I can continue to learn. Um, and what was your second question? Oh, did that oh why did I come to BYU? You? Yeah, yeah. My, I came to BYU because my brother. My brother, you know, like I said earlier when we were, when we were younger, we always wanted to play together. Um, so when I had the opportunity to come, I had to come for sure.
0: Now, you did bring up a little, like not too long ago there, you are foregoing your senior season and entering the 2022 NFL draft. Do you have any preferred teams that you're willing to play for, or are you just willing to play for anybody?
3: <laughs> it, you know, it, obviously it's for anybody, because any kid wants to just achieve their dream of, of playing in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but obviously you'd want to play with, with guys that you look up to um, either as receivers or, um or as quarterbacks. So, you know, me playing particularly in the slot, seeing how some teams use their slot compared to others, you know, the, the LA teams, I would love to, or the California teams, all, all of them I'd love to play for. Um, I wouldn't mind going to Florida and playing with, uh, you know, Brady play slot there or, uh, playing for the Bills, you know, the Cowboys. It's just a bunch of different things. But, you know, when you're at this point, it's just hopefully you get to just fulfill a dream that you've been dreaming about since you were little.
2: For sure. So this is our last question for you. What advice would you give a high school athlete who wants to continue their playing career at the college level?
3: Um, it's just to keep grinding. Uh, I know everybody be saying the same thing. Um but you never know when, it, when that time is, is up for you when that time is, or that one opportunity comes, uh, you just got to make sure that you're ready for it. Um, I did know when my time was going to, you know, show up for me to just be able to, to produce for BYU and do what I do. Um, but I made sure that each and every day that I worked as if I was at the top, uh, just so I didn't fall off or other guys came in and um, a bunch of yada, 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 so... Um, yeah, I think it would just be to keep grinding. Um, and that keep grinding, you'll, you'll know why uh, you do everything. So, understand your, understanding your why will make you uh, grind even harder. So, that's the advice I will give for sure.
0: So, having you on as a guest will be definitely something we'll never forget. Can't thank you enough for joining us and wish you the best of luck, especially with this draft process upcoming. Hope we can keep in touch and do this thing again, man.
3: No, thank you.
1: That was BYU wide receiver Neil Powell. We can't thank him enough for coming on to the show today. Great interview. Thank, we can't thank him enough. Brent, what, what's our next segment now? Now, there's been some headlines thrown
0: on the NFL because some people believe the best way to slow down the COVID cases is completely delay the season. So a day ago or so, there was 90-plus players that had tested positive for COVID-19. The NFL wanted a way to get these players back sooner so the teams wouldn't be able without the majority of them. You know, they wouldn't have to go out, steal some guys' practice squad players and having to worry about being shorthanded all the time. So it sounds like the unvaccinated and vaccinated players can come back after five days.
1: The vaccinated
0: can come back uh, sooner, especially because they're tested every single day, but the unvaccinated have to wait those five days no matter what. No, boys. Should the NFL postpone the season, or do you think it's better off just playing it out um, as we go here?
2: Um personally i think a postponement would be would be pretty stupid like i think postponement wise you're not going to like stop covid it, people are still going to get it so postponing it is just going to for, for long a season which would be in my eyes kind of silly so i think honestly don't suspend the season i kind of like the new rule like the one thing the nfl was pushing this off season was get to, to get vaccinated And, like, before this rule, like, whether you were vaccinated or not, it didn't seem to, like, really mean anything other than, like, okay, you're vaccinated. But now it actually, like, holds a little bit of weight for actually getting vaccinated. Now, you know what would be perfect? And, you know, NFL, if you want to, like, talk to me on, you know, engineering this possibly once playoffs roll around, uh, I'd be more than willing to do that for you for, you know, the right price. Um is have like an NBA bubble kind of thing and this is how they would do it so let's say the Chiefs for example so this is this how they would do it kind of like like a fall camp or the summer camp where they all stay at the same area that's what you would do they'd all stay at like like their practice facilities and I mean I guess like not every practice facility would have a place to sleep so You'd either have to like um, take up a hotel or take up like a local college or something like that, but that's what you would have to do to make sure no one gets COVID for the playoffs. And then you can still like have fans at games and everything. Just your players, I guess, are gonna have to have like their own NBA. You're gonna have to have like your own personal bubbles, like NBA bubbles, at your own facilities, and then go play each other. Because if you do it that way. And like you kind of make sure there's no real like new people coming in that could, you know, bring in COVID and kind of limit contact with anyone other than the people on your team. I mean, it worked for the bubble. So I think if they try to do something like that for the playoffs, which obviously it obviously won't happen, but I think if they could do that, that would be perfect. Because I think once they get in the playoffs, like say it's Chiefs. Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, Chiefs Packers in the Super Bowl, and Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes both have COVID. Are you going to play that game? Because that's going to tank ratings. No one's going to want to watch that game, and it it won't be a true those teams against those teams because that's their two best players. And so I think if the NFL could create their own NBA bubble, like team – team. Team specific NBA bubbles in their training facilities and like local areas, I think that would be the perfect COVID setup for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, that situation would bring Jordan Love back revenge tour against the Chiefs. So I have faith in my boy Jordan. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I like your idea that you can't postpone the season at this point because there's so, like, what's it going to stop? It already happened. Like, COVID already ran through the NFL, basically. So if you postpone it at this point, All you're really doing is giving the teams that have a bunch of guys on the COVID list a a chance to get them back.
0: That's the only thing. It's not going to stop
1: the spread because it already spread, if you know what I mean. I think they have, like, if you
0: test positive, you get a 90-day, like, where you don't get tested again. So, I mean, if there's hundreds of players right now testing positive this past month,
1: think about it. They're all coming back
0: and playing. They don't get tested for another 90 days, and the season's almost over at this point. So that just – to me – Don't postpone it. Keep the season going. And we're going to move on to our lock of the week, upside of the week. Bryson, get us going with your lock of the week.
1: My lock of the week? It isn't because I'm a Packers fan, but I've got the Packers over the Vikings. Uh, News broke today that the Vikings are going to be without Kirk Cousins, and I just don't see them being able to beat the Packers without their starting quarterback. And their backup quarterback is someone that I've never heard of before. So, that's my lock of the week.
0: I'm going to go with the Saints
1: over the Panthers. Taysom Hill's back at QB for, the, for New Orleans. Not that he's, like,
0: amazing in any means, but you get that offense back. A guy who knows the system a little bit. Keep giving the ball to Kamara. And uh, I think they had 20-plus players out last week. Get those guys back. Almost should be a cakewalk over Carolina.
2: My lock. Colts over Colts over Raiders. Jonathan Taylor, I can already see it. Wisconsin had a big win last night. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is gonna keep it going for the Wisconsin. I'm I'm predicting 150 yards, two touchdowns. Sammy Heisman gonna show why he's one of the best quarterbacks in this class. Frank Reich, Frank Reich is I, my opinion, one of the best football coaches in the NFL. I got Colts. Colts easy. I don't. I don't see a world where the Raiders win.
0: Amazing coach and also amazing backup quarterback. I remember that upset over the Oilers. I think in nineteen ninety two or something like that. Well, we got the upset of the week, Bryson. Get us started here.
1: Yeah, I hinted at it earlier. I've got the Cardinals over the Cowboys, just because the Cardinals got to stop this slide at some point. And the Cowboys are favored by six and a half points right now. I think the Cardinals are not only going to cover, but they're going to win the win the game. I think, uh, I, I think I've think i got a good feeling about that one.
2: What is this guy on?
0: Well, all right. So I got the Jets over the Buccaneers. This seems extremely bold to you guys, I'm sure. Tom Brady's is out a bunch of weapons, all right? As we all know, Godwin's out for the year. Mike Evans may be out. I think he's week to week with a hamstring injury. For Nat won't return until the playoffs, and that goes – the same here for Shaq Barrett and Levante David Buccaneers. If they do win this game, it's going to be a struggle. And the Jets have won last week, last week, they never have won back to back games this year
1: until this week. Okay, if you're wanting to say that my prediction is bold, just take a look in the mirror there, buddy.
2: My upset, it's not as bold as well. I mean, like some may say it. Um. But it's the Broncos over the Chargers. The Chargers, great team, but they always play down their competition. After last week, losing to the Texans, I think they're going to keep on this slide. They're going to lose to the Broncos. They're going to play down to the Broncos competition. I just, I don't know. This game gives me big-time letdown from the Chargers.
0: Now, fantasy football championships are, like, great during this time. The people that hear us now and you want to get some advice on who to start who to sit, you better be listening to the latest catch, start, him, sit him
1: portion. We've kind of been on a roll lately. All right, my stardom of the week. I've got Travis Kelsey against the Cincinnati Bengals. Even though I've got the Bengals to win this game, it isn't because Travis Kelsey didn't play good. I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a good game this weekend. Mine Matthew, is oh, – go. I,
2: got, I got Devontae Adams. Uh, he put up 30, 30 fantasy points. Uh, ESPN PPR League-wise uh, against the Vikings last time. Let's be honest, he's going to do it again. The Packers, I think, are going to beat the Vikings pretty bad. So, uh, definitely, Dante's a must-start.
0: Now, I got Matthew Stafford versus the Ravens. I like this matchup because, well, Baltimore's defense, allowed the most passing yards from any quarterback this year. He may have thrown three interceptions against the Vikings last week, but that's not going to happen again, especially versus banged-up Ravens secondary. I expect a big bounce back performance from Matthew.
1: My sit of the week, it's kind of a swing into left field some may say. I've got Josh Allen versus the Falcons. Now, I think that the Bills are going to get up by enough to where they're going to stop throwing the ball. And I think that he's just not going to produce the numbers that he usually does. I don't know. I think that the Falcons' defense is okay. I think the Falcons' defense can wreak a little bit of havoc against Josh Allen, and uh, yeah, I just don't think he's going to have quite the game that we're expecting him to.
2: I I like where you're coming from, because I I totally agree. But how is Josh? How how are the Bills going to score these points? Not
1: Josh Allen's going to
2: have to throw the ball. They don't have a run game. Josh Allen, I I I understand where you're coming from, and I like that, but. Josh Allen Josh Allen's going to get some big points. Watch. He's going to get some big points because the Bills don't have a run game. They're going to have to score somehow, and it's going to be through Josh Allen.
1: I said it was a swing out of left field. You.
2: Okay. You're right. You did. My sit is – now, before I say it, Bryson's already going to be like, oh, oh, riding the Cowboys, <laughs> save a horse, ride a Cowboy. James Connor is my sit He's been playing good all year. He's been doing really good for me but he is running into a buzzsaw right now with the Cowboys' defense. This, this game, I don't want to say the Cardinals are going to get shut out, but it's going to be a low-scoring affair for them. James Conner is, is definitely a sit-em this week.
0: Terry McLaurin versus Eagles is my sit-em. I love Terry. One of my favorite receivers in the whole entire league, but the last four games have not been the best for him. And I'm not saying it's all on him either. You know, eight receptions, 113 yards. Is not caught in it in four games combined, uh, and I see the Eagles making it tough for Heineke and that, uh, that Washington offense once again. They're they're falling apart. They they have so many COVID cases and everything. They're they're half a team right now. So I just advise you guys not to start Terry.
1: All right, I think that's gonna about do it for today's episode. Want to thank Neil Powu for coming on today. Want to thank Laner for joining oh. us today
2: thanks for having me boys
1: now that your wisdom teeth are taken care of maybe we can have you on a couple more times you know um but that was a good episode today thank you guys for listening we'll catch you in the next one